You are listening to episode 44 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. I became aware of this week's guest when I was working on behalf of the Bali Spirit Festival, and although it's been a few years since then, her mission and story left a lasting impression in my mind. I cannot wait to introduce to you this week's guest, Ebony Smith of Yoga in the Hood, but first, the review of the week. This week's review comes from PSL82, and it reads, Hello from Denmark. Lauren has a soothing voice, and it's easy to listen to. She delivers episodes that are fresh, fun, and get my mind going. I'm happy I found this podcast. Well, hello, hello, PSL82 from Denmark. If you think you're happy you found this podcast, I wish you could see the cheesy grin on my face. I am equally as stoked. Thank you for taking the time to leave a lovely review. And remember, friends, if you want to have your review featured, simply rate and review the podcast on your preferred podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you'll be sure to never miss an episode. Okay, are you ready to meet Ebony? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. This week's guest is making waves not only in her community, but she is exactly what I would describe as a world shifter. Ebony Smith is a transformation speaker, yogi, and founder of Yoga in the Hood. Hi, Ebony. I am so excited to connect with you. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. You know, when I first read about your story and your mission, it just touched my heart and stayed with me. Will you share a glimpse of your journey with our audience? What led you to yoga? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a live question? Right? (laughs) It is a lot of question. Um, I don't know if I had to. I have to start from somewhat of the beginning because I feel like it all the universe had all led me there. Yeah. Um, at the age of eight years old, I was molested by one of my neighbors, and I told someone that I trusted, and they were like, "Well, that's what you get for going down there." What? And like I can remember, right? <laughs> all as well. I can remember like this transition in you know, like how I felt about myself and just really like being able to trust other people. And, you know, when you go through trauma, like these issues and the tissues, they have to come out. And so Mm -hmm. mine really kind of came out as me acting out, you know, and that led to me always being either suspended or in in in-house suspension or in detention. And as I grew up, you know, that led to me being in and out of jail um, and I found myself at 29, pregnant and married to this guy I had only known like a month. Wow. And addicted to Xanax. And the only thing I knew about having a baby is that I wanted to have a natural childbirth because I saw Ricky Lake do it on a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's goals though. <laughs> right? It is. So I found um, a doula and my doula was like, hey, you know, you have to practice yoga because it's going to help to prepare your body for childbirth. And I was like, well, black people don't practice yoga. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, you know, and my surroundings 
um, justified that because uh, the first yoga studio that I found was 24 miles from my house. Mm-hmm. I had vaguely heard of this practice and the reflection of what wellness is or who yoga is for doesn't look like me. And so, you know, it was kind of a struggle, but I finally went to a yoga studio and I walked into this yoga studio and it's like, you know, you feel this energy of people are like, what the hell are you doing here? Right. Um, <laughs> so much so that the lady was like, hey, um, ma'am, this is a yoga studio. Like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know, but despite of that experience, my experience on the mat was absolutely life changing. It was really, I feel like the first time in a long time that I was connected to self again. Mm. Like I had been introduced to myself again. Like, hello, how are you? Yeah. It's been a while type of thing. Yeah. You know, and that kind of energy just continued to draw me to to yoga and its practice. And one of the most valuable things, you know, aside to the breath and its power was that if I changed my mind, I could change the world around me. And that just really resonated with me because that's something that I had never been taught, that my thoughts will cultivate the world around me. Mm. So stepping onto that mat was like your power moment and you didn't even know it in that moment. I had no idea. Wow. Did you keep going back to that same studio or did you look for something else? Yeah. I did until my 30 days was up because, you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And then it becomes insanely expensive. So I did that to like a few yoga studios in Dallas. And then I was like, Oh, well, I could just do this on YouTube. And so I right. did it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've already touched on that there are so many stereotypes around yoga. So I think if anyone gets on Instagram and you search hashtag yogi or hashtag yoga every damn day, you're mostly going to find a fit white woman who's flexible beyond all get out, six pack abs, doing yoga at the beach. And you and I both know that this just isn't the real life reality of yoga or even the people who truly practice it. But I do think that this stereotype can really lead people away from practicing yoga or even attending a class. So I know it's important that we push past the stereotypes and really focus on the benefits of this amazing practice and what it has to offer. So from your perspective, what are the benefits of yoga? Oh, wow. (laughs) For me, yoga personally has been absolutely life-changing. As I mentioned before, it really taught me that I have power, that I have value, and that I am connected to the divine. Mm. But not only that, but it just helped me so much in gaining patience, and not only patience with other people, but patience with myself. And this benefit of, like, reducing stress, you know, because when you live in under-resourced communities, there is an enormous amount of stress. Yeah. Stress about where your next meal is going to come from, stress about whether you're going to get evicted or not, stress about how you're going to take care of your children, like all of these things. And so just being able to find a place on the mat to relieve that kind of stress, you know, mm. yeah. and then just really like physically helping me with different kind of ailments. Like I really used to have issues with knee pain. You know, and so physically, it's just helped me enormously, like losing weight, you know, uh, 
all these kind of things that we're prone to in the African American community. So it's preventative of, you know, high blood pressure and heart disease. And so there is just an enormous mind, body, and spirit um, benefit from practicing yoga. Hmm. That's so true. How do you think it helped you kind of like start to heal the trauma that you went through Mm -hmm. as a child? Just being able to connect to oneself. I think a lot of times that when we go through trauma and difficult situations, the first thing that we want to do is like escape. Mm -hmm. We want to escape and however we're escaping, whether it's like through drugs and alcohol or through work or through, you know, uh, social media and, and networks of that nature. And so it just really taught me how to connect to myself and notice how I was feeling in those moments of being triggered and, you know, remembering things from the past and just knowing that that is not my present. You know, it's just that my body has been and my emotions have been so used to feeling this way. And stepping on the mat allows you a moment to be able to connect in that space and be comfortable in the uncomfortableness. And really feel that and know that it's no fear and know that it's just, you know, something that you've experienced and that it is not what you're made up of. Right. You know? So it sounds like you became a lot more mindful with yoga. Definitely that. Yeah. Isn't it like so crazy how life can really just change when you become more mindful of just everything around you, even like just yourself, how you react, how you're operating. It's just like, it's a game changer. It's absolutely a game changer to be present and not thinking about things that you have to do or things that you aren't able to get done or things that happened in the past, but to be present and knowing at that point in time, like, what do you need as a person or what's really going on around you Mm. um, and how you can react positively to those things. Right. Right. And I think a lot of times, like, the anxiety comes up of, especially what you're talking about, you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. You don't know if you can pay your rent. And then in that moment, you really just have to focus on what you can control in that moment in that day. Like, and, and sometimes that's not a lot. (laughs) Sometimes it's just, I was able to wake up this morning, (laughs) mission complete, (laughs) you know, but yeah, it does. So I know it's not a lot, but that's everything. Yes. Oh my gosh. So true. So true. And I know you said you had to drive 26 miles to your first, that's insane. Um, so like clearly that, that was not a very accessible to everyone in your community. So why do you think it's important to make wellness accessible? Oh man, because wellness is some reason is viewed as, as like this um, luxury that only some people are supposed to have access to wellness when wellness is a human right. Mm-hmm. And everybody should have the resources to be well, mind, body, and spirit, whatever that looks like to you. And so mm-hmm. whether that looks like to you have an accessibility to yoga classes or Zumba or a gym or healthy food, you know, um, or knowledge about even how to cook healthy food. Like all of these things are all encompassing of wellness and should be accessible, um, but they're not. Like I live in Dallas and Dallas is clearly segregated. It's a clearly segregated city. It's segregated through a freeway that they built over a slave graveyard. 
Wow. I didn't know that. Exactly. It was called Freeman's Graveyard. Um, And they buried free slaves there. And the city of Dallas built a freeway across and through that graveyard, separating the southern sector of Dallas from the northern sector of Dallas. Mm. So there's a freeway that separates the haves from the have-nots. Literally segregation. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the haves have the yoga studios and the wellness centers and the good grocery stores. And the have-nots have convenience stores and liquor stores and loan shark placements. Mm. So it's just really important as we go into these communities and begin to translate what wellness looks like to know that mindfulness on one part of town may not be the same as on another part of town. Right. And how do we implement that and begin to teach that um, so it can be practiced in everyday life? And that's exactly what you guys are doing with Yoga in the Hood. So tell us a little bit more about Yoga in the Hood. (laughs) What made you start this and what do you guys offer? Wow. (laughs) Another loaded question. I know. (laughs) Every time I have a baby, apparently I give birth to something. (laughs) So the second child I was pregnant with, I was like, at that point in time, yoga had began to impact my life in such a powerful way. I just felt so compelled to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. And so I started just teaching yoga um, in the park, in a local park that I had grown up in. And, you know, for maybe about a year and a half, um, not many people, if any, showed up. And in that time, it really taught me how to persevere because every time no one showed up to my yoga class, I still taught it like there were hundreds of people out there. And it just really helped me put into practice cultivating the life that you want to live. Like I could have easily been like, oh, this sucks. No one's coming to yoga. Screw this. Right. But I had a knowing. I had a knowing and I could see past what was right in front of me. And so like for a year and a half, I was imagining doing yoga with people. (laughs) That's so cool, though. (laughs) Right? And then one summer day, I came out in the morning, and it was like 200 people outside. I was like, these people are in my yoga spot. But they were there to do yoga with me, so that was cool. Stop Um, it. (laughs) What made that change? Was there like... I have no idea. I just feel like it was just the time. Yeah. And I feel like I had built enough momentum like on social media where people were like either she's insane and we want to go see this insanity mm. or it's really good and we want to have a party that's really good. Thing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> were, were you offering this as for free? And Yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Dang. The whole time because I knew, I knew that that is how you make it accessible. You put it in a community. Right. You translate the language that it's in and you make it accessible for people, which means that a lot of times it has to be free. Yeah. That's so crazy to me that you would have classes and no one would be there because I'm always like, if it's free, it's me. I'm there. Right. <laughs> Sign me up. Right? And then what here you to think about, you have a knowledge of like yoga and mindfulness and well-being. And a lot of people in our community right. don't even, you know, they think of yoga of like this religious background or something that's not for right. them or something that's really foreign. And mm. so, yeah. Mm. Some crazy black girl in the park doing yoga is like, no, thank you. (laughs) I don't know what she's doing out there or what she's on right now. (laughs) What is 
Disney guy going on. He's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go from, you know, you, you said you were, um, you were addicted to Xanax and you, you know, had a rough childhood. And then you go to teaching at like Wonderlust Festival and Bali Spirit Festival and like, holy crap. Insane. Like what a whirlwind. Insane. How did, so crazy. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's just what happens when you change your mind. I changed my mind and said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to live this kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I want to travel the world. I want to teach yoga and teach people how to be the greatest versions of themselves. Mm. And then just moving from that place of knowing that these things are possible, then the universe begins to open up opportunities for you. And that's, and that's what I credit that to just being steadfast in my dreams and steadfast in knowing that yoga is powerful movement and mindfulness and meditation is powerful and to have the capability to come from where I come from and be able to translate this ancient art of wellness into a language that people from all kind of backgrounds and cultural uh, and social economic backgrounds can understand and implement in everyday life. It continues to push me forward. And I think moving from that space just continues to open up amazing opportunities like being on this podcast. Oh, that's so sweet of you. I love that you'd really just aligned yourself with your purpose. Yeah. 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 And it's like you just like really stepped into it. I have to. Yeah. So what else does yoga in the hood offer? Because I know you guys also do like after school programs. What, What else is offered? We have like three tiers of yoga in the hood. And so the first one we already talked about was community. And so we do community classes we have up to five a week now actually wow. one about to start in a little bit and so we have them at parks recreation centers and churches in texas baptist churches mega churches it's whoa crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy and then we do it um on a corporate level and so we go in and we teach about yoga and mindfulness but wellness as a whole and how that saves billions of dollars and when you invest in the self-care and the well-being of your staff and the people that help you run your company, then you are investing in your company tenfold and wow. teaching about inclusion and diversity and how that drives better business. And then we, my favorite, because I taught school for five years before I was like, screw this, I'm teaching yoga. Um, <laughs> Um, the education sector, just teaching social and emotional development through yoga, mindfulness, movement. I um, mean, we do that on an after-school uh, basis, and we also infiltrate PE. Um, and we're in what? Oh my God! It's like 28 schools now. Wow! We just added a couple of districts that are like outside of our hood, so that's going to be interesting. So it's just crazy. I'm super excited to see you know, people investing in the social and emotional development of not only our children, because I think that's a fallacy that we think that only the children are supposed to be socially and emotionally developed. Mm. But it's all of us who need that. It's all of us who need these coping skills to deal with the trauma that we've experienced, whether it's extreme or, you know, whether and to who and to who's to say whether it's extreme or not. Right. But we've all experienced a type of trauma and to have positive coping skills makes the difference, you know, between the quality of life. And imagine so, 
if you were able to like have those skills as a child, how exactly like <laughs> mind blown, because I think that all the time of like, Oh man, if I would have learned this 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I would have been 30 years ahead. But you know, I'm, I'm glad that I learned it when I did, because then I'm already ahead of where I would have been when I was you know 60, if I didn't know it. Right? So, mm-hmm. But then I know that we're able to teach these things to younger generations and, you know, upcoming generations. And that is almost like just as powerful of exactly. making those big shifts. And I'm going to assume you are not teaching all of these classes anymore because you've got a lot um, going on. <laughs> I'm a robot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have 15 amazing human beings who are part of the guru squad and they go out and they teach community classes. Three of them I've had since like almost inception and they're insane because they've been doing it for free all this time up until this year. Wow. And then the rest of them have been teachers like from the community or some who've gone through our teacher training programs. And, you know, these amazing human beings go out on a daily basis and they teach yoga and mindfulness in communities that they didn't necessarily come from are in communities that they lived in all their life and they're offering a different way of thinking of being, you know? Right. And it's just so beautiful to be able to see it. Like we had seven, we had eight classes today and I only taught one. I was like, yes, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. How many yeah. people typically show up for a class on average? Wow. It just depends. So like our community classes, we can go from like 10 to the most we've seen is like 350 people. Stop it. And then from our, yeah. And then from our after school programs or now we're in summertime full fledged, we go from 20 to at least 150, almost 200 children that we see on a daily basis. How do the kids react to yoga? A lot of times if there's their first time, then they're like, you know, I don't want to do no yogurt. what's yoga (laughs) right they're really apprehensive but you know it's just it's just a testament to beautiful people and how they show up as themselves and the teachers make them feel really comfortable in the space to try something new Mm -hmm. and you know by the time we're in it to win it the first down dog they are ready to go (laughs) and they just love it you know and they respond well to it and they're just you know, surprised at how they feel afterwards. You know, some describe it as a feeling they never felt before. Like, I just mm. feel calm. And that calming feeling is something that is unfamiliar to them. And Ugh. it should not be. Right. And so it's just so beautiful and so transforming, not only for the students, but definitely for us as instructors. Yeah, I can imagine. I feel like that would just light up my heart every single day. Right. Oh my gosh. And kids are so resilient too, to be able to express themselves like that, to say like, I I now feel calm and I've never felt that way. You know, it's just like, wow. Like, yeah. And then they're using their voice, which is like a whole different power in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times children don't get to do that because it's always at school, be quiet and you Mm -hmm. get home, be quiet. And I don't want to hear what you're saying, you know? Turn that down. Yeah. Like, and it's right. all, and then even then it's like, raise your hand. Like there's always an instruction of like when you're allowed to speak. And right. I know it's like so many times, like just feeling suppressed and that can again, carry through with you into adulthood, feeling like you don't have a voice, powerless. Exactly. 
Oh my God. I always, uh, up until I started practicing yoga, I did not understand my value. I felt like I didn't have a voice and what I said was, would not be respected or heard or received, mm. you know, and it's just so powerful through this practice and through, you know, sharing it with others, how healing it can be. And you go from feeling like you don't have a voice to transformational speaker. <laughs> so how has stepping into that role really changed your life? Like, Whoa. like most about that. I was like, okay, so I, I'm going to be right here. This is cool. After school programs, whatever. But then somebody challenged me, Christine Guillory, who is my speaking coach. And she was like, you know, you do a lot of speaking. You should just start doing speaking engagements. And it has been absolutely amazing. Mm. The thing I love so much about it is to be able to have this capability to plant seeds within people that then they can begin to sprout and cultivate and harvest for themselves. Mm. Like I, I do not um, credit myself for healing anybody but myself. But to have the capability to speak from my experiences and speak from my knowledge and then give people the tools to help them transform their lives. And then they go off and I hear from them on Instagram or via email and they have completely changed and cultivated their life because of the things that I was able to teach them is one of the most powerful things that I experienced thus far. And I was like, whoa, this is some real Oprah stuff right here. <laughs> so, I'm still, <laughs> so I'm super excited to continue to do like these workshops and do these speaking engagements. You know, like I was just a keynote um, for Austin ISD and their mindfulness retreat that they have for their instructors. And it's just always such a powerful experience to be able to share to be able to learn and to be able to give people tools to help to cultivate the greatest version of their lives. Oh, I love that so much. And I love what you said, like you had about healing because you have to heal yourself before you can even try to heal the world. I know so many people are like, we need to make the world a better place. And we do, we all do. We all need to step it up, but we can't do that unless we're taking care of ourselves and we're healing ourselves. Like it's totally an inward practice first. Like if if we're broken people, we can't fix other broken people. Exactly. And a lot of times that's our premise. Yeah. And we come from this empty cup syndrome that Ugh. the more I, especially as women, the more yes. I pour out and the more I do for other people, then this makes me a great person. Oh my and gosh. although that's noble and a beautiful thought, think about taking care of yourself and pouring into yourself. So much so that your cup runneth over mm. and you have things to share. We share a lot of times from an empty cup. And when you learn how to fill your cup up so much so that it runneth over and the people are able to notice how you take care of yourself and the better you take care of yourself, you can take care of those around you, then that becomes contagious. That's how we heal the world, about taking responsibility for us as beautiful human beings. Yeah, self-compassion. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm getting a big lesson in that. I, I feel like the, <laughs> the last year that's been like my key focus is self-compassion because mm-hmm. it has been one of those things I would just push and push and push myself. Yeah. And then it's just like you get into like exhaustion mode or physically mm-hmm. sick. And then I actually just had a conversation with my sister the other day. I was like, you are. And I said the exact same thing you just did. I said, you're <laughs> filling up everyone else's cup and yours is empty. Like, exactly. You can't expect someone to fill up your cup. Like you have to fill up your exactly. own. Exactly. And that's kind of like the American way. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. like the thing. Like, you know, if the more you're exhausted, the more progress you're making in life. Like, Isn't that crazy? That's like the hustle mentality. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I don't know exactly. why we adopted that mentality. I'm over it though. <laughs> I'm so over it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I know you also have another class coming up. So where can our audience go to connect with you further and learn more about yoga and the hood and every amazing things that you guys are doing? You can follow us on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn at yoga in the hood. And that's yoga, the letter N D-A-H-O-O-D. You can follow us there or you can visit www.yogainthehood.com for all our information and where we're going to be and how you can sign up for our yoga teacher trainings, our book as a speaker or for a class. And we're super excited to have you all join our community of awesomeness. I love all of your yoga or your um, posts on Instagram. Like, oh, thank you. And you're always like radiating. I feel like I see you and I'm just like, oh, so much radiance. But Ebony, I would like to thank you for taking the time today to talk with me. You are definitely shifting the world and there's just no doubt that you radiate love and light. Thank you so much. I really I can officially say that is the first time a train has made its way onto the podcast. And you know, most podcast hosts would probably try to edit it out, but I have said it once and I will say it again. I don't do much editing in the podcast because real and authentic conversations are what I aim for. Purpose over perfect. And I think we can all agree that Ebony's purpose simply shines. Head over to this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com for direct links to Ebony's website and social channels. And don't forget, you can connect with me on social media as well. Simply search at mindbizlife on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you're streaming. And don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with a friend or on social media. Let's get this episode into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. I'll see you back here next week for another episode. And until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.